hello everyone and welcome to the Magic Beans podcast. This is episode number 172. I'm going to be your host for this episode. My name is Cracker and I'm joined by my mate, as always in recent times, Chewy. How you doing? Good, mate. How are you? I'm good. Welcome back. So, old mate Shorty is... Uh, Looking at big rocks. Some big, yeah, some, some big rock in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so, having a, having a great time. It's actually, they're loving it. I was talking to his wife, trying to set up a photo shoot and uh, cat bear house photography on Facebook, if you're not uh, really following that. Uh, the red blood, the, the, the red blood, the red dust is getting in the blood already. So, they'll be back to the outback. Mm. It gets you. It gets you. That's yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah, 10 out of 10 would recommend Kat. She's a fantastic photographer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's great. Had, had all my family photos done there. Uh, very, very good. But Super cool. Speaking of plugs and people who are very, very good, Kat unfortunately doesn't sponsor the podcast. Not yet. But we've got some other friends who do. Yeah, Josh and Pat's MTG. They are a Facebook auctions uh, on Facebook and jump on there get they do claim lots they do win it now posts there's a huge amount of giveaways uh they just hit a, a milestone of five thousand uh followers on facebook and mm-hmm. as such they're giving away five thousand dollars worth of stuff so jump jump over to jpmtgbazaar.com.au for the details and how to enter that comp five grand free stuff uh and you get a bunch of like good priced magic cards and it and it's amazing and actually on our discord yeah. which the link in the show notes uh ties one of our mods uh put up a trade offer today and he was like you get cardboard pat gets to sponsor dope tournaments which kind of sums up what we do right exactly did you see the post that was before that though from joffrey bieber who was like, I finally got onto Josh and Pat's and I might have to say this is the worst thing to happen to me financially. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the the Joe Exotic. Yeah. I'm never going to... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's exactly, exactly right. Exactly. He's like... It's so perfect- we're always going to spend money on Magic Cards because that's what we do. Yeah. But if you buy them from Josh and Pat's because the, the prices are so good and their full-time auction means that you get second to none communication and shipping. You get more magic cards for your money. And that's that's what we want. We're magic players. We love value. So exactly. literally buying from Pat is like getting a two for one because you get more magic. You get more magic cards. You do because you get your money. free tokens as well. Exactly. And you can get the, the magic bean sponsored ones and not the threat and the turns counter as well as, you know, elves and goblins and all the rest of it. It's, it's so like, why would you go anywhere else? I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, all right, so a <laughs> bit of a big news week we've had in the last, since we last spoke. We knew that there were some Eldraine previews coming up that we are definitely going to talk about, but Wizards kind of just went, mm, here you go, and just like roadmapped the next 12 months or so, uh, might even be more, for magic sets that are coming out. And there's a lot, and they're kind of all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> they're very uh, the universes beyond are going like they're going deep very very uh, deep. and then there's like main set ones which mm-hmm. are different mm-hmm. you know something that we have not seen before uh in in magic which is you know kind of cool and interesting uh some people are losing their tiny minds over it but no are they uh but yeah well, they're magic just, players let's talk about it. let's let's talk about the sets yeah. that we've got previewed so okay. we're gonna have Ravnica remastered. So this will be out in 2024. People don't like Ravnica. It's never been successful. I don't know why they keep going back. No. 
Um, the remastered sets have always been really good. Um, then we've got Murders at Karlov Manor, which is, yeah, like a, a murder mystery thing. Sort of a horror themed, but not in the not same in way, in a strad way. Um, and apparently okay. in the same sort of time frame, there's going to be like a clue game as well. Nice. So, so I don't think it's actually like clues specifically, but something adjacent. I don't, I, okay. But Karlov Manor, I believe that, is that not? In the Innistrad plane, but this is a, a story that happens within the Innistrad plane. It's not part of the main I sort think, of Innistrad I, Eldrazi I think shenanigans. So, yeah. yeah. So it's like expanding the Innistrad plane. Yeah. Which is kind of cool, right? I, I rate that. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Then we've got uh, Fallout. So as part of our universes beyond, then I, I don't know. I've never played any of the Fallout games. Have you? Did you? Uh, I've play played them? one and they're great. Uh, I'm not like a hugely, uh, you know, dedicated, not hugely invested in the franchise, but they're cool. It's a, you know, you emerge from a vault after a nuclear war and you search the wasteland. It's a bit of a looter shooter. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a bit of an RPG and, uh, cool storylines, lots of character customization options. So you'd probably like it, uh, but it's, um... Not something I love, but I certainly think it's cool. Yeah, so, okay. yeah. I just know there's like Pip-Boy and, you know, suits and things. And yeah. yeah. And, um, so this won't be a main set like the um, Lord of the Rings has been. So it's not going to yep. be sort of the tent pole, um, as they, they call it. That one's saved for something else, which I think people are very excited about, which again, I've never played. Uh, but after that, we've got Outlaws of Thunder Junction. We have got a Wild West magic set. Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, so this is pretty interesting. Um, so it's going to be like a bit of a Weird West type type thing, maybe a bit of steampunk going on. And there are some, from some of the promos I've seen, there's some silhouettes that are very familiar, like Jace Raska type famous level silhouettes. So uh, Cowboy Jace, mm -hmm. sure. Great. We've seen, you know, technology in magic. Cause some, like you instantly go, but that's not like magic high fantasy. We had the Urza saga set where there was like literally dudes in mechs, right? Mm -hmm. Like power arm as a card. So I, it's not actually that far departed from magic's core when you actually think about it. when you get over that initial reaction and you and I have played the role-play game called Deadlands, yeah. right? Which is, think, if you've ever played Call of Cthulhu, imagine, or any other sort of horror-based game, imagine that, but it's a Western. So you get your cowboys and all of your, you know, cliche Western guys, crazy preachers and uh, natives and all the rest of it, and then you get, like, all the weird and wonderful creatures and mutants and, and whatnot that, that come with it, and it works really well. So I'm actually looking forward to this, as a as a universe a plane that's the word I'm looking for for a yes. plane that uh, they can explore so yeah I, I think it could be cool uh, you know guns as an equipment or something might be interesting I'm interested to see how they do that from a uh, you know thematic not thematic how uh, they do it from a 
that yes, I, I, I agree. But once you've have like crystalline giant and you've got like actual mech mecha Godzilla and stuff like that, I think we've jumped the shark in terms of not having guns show up on magic art. Very true. So there's definitely ways around it. Also, I was just looking through uh, the article here and uh, Call of Matter is from Ravnica. It's not in Australia. Oh, not in Australia. Okay. Yes. So it fits yep. in kind of for that plane. Um, yep. And it's not a set revolving around guilds, which will be interesting. Okay. And the Clue edition is a multiplayer form of magic to welcome okay. f- fans of magic and Clue. So interesting. Um, so then, yes, the... Th- Thunder Junction. That'd be cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm legitimately looking forward to it. Yeah. There's some things that I'm just interested to see kind of how they tackle certain tropes. Sure. Uh, but, you know, there's some there's some fun design space to sort of go into. And I wonder, with recent sets that have been set on a particular thing in, you know, a bit of pop culture or whatever, or mm-hmm. actual history, mm. they brought in cultural consultants. I wonder, have they brought in people that actually understand... You know, historians that understand how things were in the Wild West, or are they just going full fantasy Wild West? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't so know the answer to that, but no, interesting. They've hired Clint Eastwood, and uh, he's <laughs> come on to. <laughs> um, oh, great. <laughs> feeling lucky, punk. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, that's not well, his Western. He's a cop in that movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, get it. I get it. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so the next one, Modern Horizons 3. Is going to be oh, in good. quarter two of 2024. It's all right. Good news because if you look at the um, part of the art, uh, Emrakul, mm. she's in the art for. So is it a MH3. reprint? Nope. Modern Horizons. Modern Horizons. Or- no, no. Modern Horizons is the all new cards. So new Emrakul. Yeah. So so Modern Masters was the reprint sets. Ah, uh, okay. And, right. And um, the Modern Horizons are the. The new one. So yeah, if the you have Ragavan, a look, um, yes, solitude. Sets. Yes, exactly. Yep. So you know, probably won't have much of an impact on modern. They tend to be pretty um, <laughs> underpowered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Ogak yeah, and yeah, and like there's there's always like really good reprints in these two, but it'll be really interesting. I saw. Yeah, um, I, I look at this one with a higher level of apprehension. The ones with that and the others, just based on history. Like I see Ravnica, it excites me. Ravnica remastered. <gasps> All of the Ravnica sets in one draft format. Oh my gosh, that's mm-hmm. that's awesome, right? Expanding the Ravnica universe uh, through Carl of Manor, love it. Like I, I've read the Ravnica novels; it, it's really cool. We should play the Ravnica D and D campaign. Some Fallout, cool. Cowboy Jace, I'm on board. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, more Hogax, Solitudes, and Ragavans. I'm, I'm less excited, but I don't know. I, I I'm kind of excited. I actually think that though. The problem with, no, not the problem. The thing with modern is that it was very difficult for big change to come through, right? Because the cards had to rotate in through standard. And so this gives the opportunity for modern to get big shakeups. And some of the cards are definitely egregious. I'm not going to say, <laughs> I'm not going to try and say that they're not, but there's a lot of really interesting stuff that comes out of these too. So I think it'll be, it'll be fun. And look, so here's, more Eldrazi for your Eldrazi Tron deck. How can you be mad about yeah, this? Yeah, well, yeah, because that deck's really viable at the moment. Um, but so here's here's my issue with the way that Modern Horizon sets go, and little little bit of a old man yells at clouds moment. So warning. But why don't why don't people play Legacy? Because they can't afford to. Yeah. Okay. So how much did you spend on your first Modern deck versus? Like the trend is, we're not a legacy 
point mm. by any stretch. But the barrier to entry for modern, because of the introduction of the Horizon sets, mm-hmm. is going up and up and up. And one Hard of the reasons- disagree. That- and I'm going to cut you off right there so I can get in. Jund, okay. Jund, when I started playing Living End, was an $1,800 deck. You had Liliana of the Veil. You had Tarmogoyfs. You had these cards that cost an absolute fortune. Now, yep. are there cards now that cost a lot? Ragavans, 60 bucks. Solitudes, hang on, $30. Hang on, yes. So, they, how many, they reprinted Ragavan. When Ragavan came out, mm-hmm. when when Modern Horizons 2 or whichever one he came out in mm. came out, Ragavan was well over a hundred bucks. Sure. Right? So because it like not many people bought it, uh, you know, not many people cracked it and all the rest of it. It wasn't until years later, multiple years later, that the price came down. But that was true with Tarmogorf. That was a hundred dollar card for five years until they decided to reprint it into the ground. Yes, but they're not going to reprint Ragavan but they or have. Solitude into the ground. It's well, still a $60 card where Tarmogoyf is sub $10 yeah, now, Yeah, it's because right? Tarmogoyf isn't good anymore because Modern Horizons well, that, 2 happened. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, so I don't know that you can make the point that Modern is bad because it costs more now. Modern is always expensive. Decks are $1,000. Like, they just are. Yeah, but you can, you can have a deck that you spend a thousand dollars on right and you play it and then it gets completely obsoleted by modern horizon three two one because we've seen that happen three times well two times already right so making the assumption that it's going to happen again with h3 history says it's it's most likely going to happen and then you have to go and spend another thousand dollars on a deck that you hope is not going to be obsoleted and that turns people off the format like the reason modern was so popular the reason that it became so popular in the first place is because you could build your deck tweak your deck as cards came in but you could remain with the same archetype you could get really really good at it and that's something we've talked about multiple times on the cast like Mm -hmm. you're better off playing you know a deck that you're really familiar with than jumping from deck to deck without the the repetition but the horizon sets undermined that and I get they want to make a shake up, but I think they've moved the needle too far. They've, 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 they've turned the dial up too much. So I hope maybe third time's a charm. They can shake up modern, make things interesting without obsoleting whole archetypes. Yeah. And I mean, making people having to spend a thousand dollars. Look, they're in the business of making no, money no, I, and quite I, I, I get what art, you're saying, but-, but like Tron won the most recent PT. And it won the previous one, which was four years ago. Amulet Titan has been a deck for six years, right? That was in the top eight. So there there are still like Merfolk, jokes, <laughs> joking, but Merfolk had like the highest overall yeah, win rate. I, I, I so, don't think- But like Scam definitely came in and, and dominated, right? Like that was a whole but, new but thing. But I don't you think you can look at a pro to a metagame and think that is wholly representative of what, of the bread and butter- you know, that's like saying, you know, um, you know, Tom Hawkins can kick a ball from 60 metres after the siren and, and kick a goal. He's not an example of your average person who plays Australian rules. Your average person who plays Australian rules football plays Division Three reserves on a Saturday morning at your local park. That's what we have with modern. But if all of a so sudden... So then why do they care? Because they're not playing against that guy then. So they're not getting bumped to the AFL. They're not playing in the Pro Tour. No, but if somebody, if an AFL player, somebody who doesn't have 
the limit on their their budget mm-hmm. rocks up. If Tom Hawkins rocks up to your Divi 3 reserves match, mm-hmm. he's going to kick 15 goals in a quarter. Sure. And everybody else is going to be missed because somebody else, you know, so it, there is, when those sets come out, there is a time and that time may be literal years where people are miserable <laughs> until things get reprinted or things settle down or people figure it out. And because modern takes so long to shake up, it can cause people to be turned off modern. It can, right? but outside of Commander, modern is still the most played format in Paper Magic by a long yeah, way. Yeah, it's because standard sucks and no one can afford to play Legacy. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, you know, maybe. So maybe. That's, that's, that's not an, in, you know, that, that's, that's more of an indictment on the other formats than a, an argument for modern though. But yeah, anyway, so let's maybe we can we can revisit no, it's, Modern Horizons good. I, I, I like that there's to the set difference of, of opinion. So that's that's kind of mid next year. So we're still 12 yeah. months away from that. We've, we've got six months, 12 months to argue about that. So yeah. many other things coming out. We've got Assassin's Creed as the next universe. This is beyond. a game you've played. I played a lot of Assassin's Creed games. I really like them. Um, yep. I appreciate that they're not for everyone. They're kind of, they're a little repetitive. They're, they're usually very pretty. Like the the most recent ones, the the ancient Greece and the Egyptian one. I haven't played the um, Viking one, and I know there's a new Middle East one coming out, which looks cool. But cool. you know, they're fun, and that, okay. they fit pretty well because you know, ignoring the weird fact that you're actually in a machine traveling through yeah, your ancestors. Yeah, I watched the Michael Fassbender movie, and I was like, yeah, just, <laughs> <don't> <laughs> strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I I haven't played the games, but I I like the premise and. Yeah, it's... Uh, I just don't know how successful it's going to be. Like, as much as I like Assassin's Creed and as much as I like magic, I don't go, oh, yeah, those two, hand in hand. Like, that that makes a but lot of sense. Do you think there's probably... And, and I haven't looked at the numbers, but do you mm. think there's as many Assassin's Creed fans, Fallout fans? No idea. Because remember, Assassin's Creed's on console, which is super popular sure. too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... I don't know. I think that the Fallout fans are, are more... Uh, Fanny than the Assassin's Creed ones. There's a guy at my work who's got like, he had a Fallout gaming chair and, you know, he's got like all the Funko Pops and like there, there's all that. And I, I don't I know that I see fa- that. Fallout players are quite um, invested where, hmm. and maybe this is, maybe this is me making assumptions about the console gamers because I'm not one, but, you know, are console gamers more casual gamers that just go, this is a fun game that's pretty and I like playing it rather than being, than identifying themselves as gamers, if that makes sense. Is, is there a, you know, a uh, significant portion of the console gaming community that aren't hardcore gamers like a PC gamer? Because the nature of consoles is you can kind of pack it away and you don't have to have a whole desk or dedicated to it. So it's in itself a more casual uh, pursuit because you just want to play the game because it's fun rather than, you know, Fallout where you're like right into it really in depth and things. Perhaps. I don't know. I'm, maybe. Uh, maybe. But then you've got games like Skyrim and stuff like that, which are super in-depth and people get like crazy deep onto, which is a you know, I didn't realize console. that was on console. Yeah. That's where it started. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I played Skyrim um, and my wife's played like 3,000 hours of Skyrim on PC. I didn't hmm. realize it was on. Um, didn't realize it was on console. There you yeah. go. Okay, um, cool. So the next set is one I'm actually quite excited for. So this one is called Bloom Burrow. And this is another new plane. And it's a world, as I've described it, a world showing off anthropomorphic animals with no humans. 
So there are wow. zero humans. So the the base stat that they've given for this is that a mouse is a one one. Now Oh, okay. The reason I'm really excited for this is uh when I was about nine, I didn't read books. Like I just wasn't interested. And my mum found this series of books called Redwall, which I started reading. And it is this. This is what it's based on. So it is literally like the main characters are mice and badgers and stoats and ferrets and hares and like it's all english woodland creatures and so there's a series of probably like a dozen or 13 like wind books. in the willows right kind of but they have like epic battles and feasts and stuff and they have these big adventure stories but there's no people they are all like woodland creatures and cool. so this just like it they could have named it red Bull. like it literally the main character in, in that is a guy called martin right he's a mouse and he's like got a sword and stuff, and like the art for this is a little That's mouse holding a sword, inspiration from that, right? Yeah, facing okay. down a wolf. So that that will be. I hope that's good. I'm interested. And plus, okay. you know, let's let's get away from humans and spirits and things. Let's let's mix it up with some little creatures. I like it. I like it. Uh, one more on their mm. plan is Duskmoor House of. Mm. Uh, okay, what do we know about this one? Uh, I'm not going to call that an Eldrazi on the art. Nope. It's a bit different. Nope. But- so it's top-down horror, modern horror is the way they've said. So think 70s and 80s horror movie okay. where the whole world takes place inside a giant mansion. Wow. Mm. Like spam in a can type thing. And you think about any sort of horror movie from that, be it like uh, sci-fi or, um, you know, just real life setting mm-hmm. that was a really popular thing it's just like you know the, the teenagers in a house at a party there's the you know xenomorphs chasing people on spaceships yeah like yeah okay so okay i, I like it and so they're saying it'll be different to the innerstrad or phyrexian sets so i think that means new big bads is always cool yeah i wonder if we're going to see like thunder junction and Duskmoor all start a new overarching well, story arc. they've said that for this set as well, right? So that Eldraine is the start of the new Oh, they arc. are saying that. Yeah, okay. I hadn't seen that. I hadn't yeah. seen that written. So, yeah, okay, cool. Um, so I don't know how far it extends. I didn't... I don't remember that part off the top of my head. Um, but, yeah, it's certainly the start of the, the next big sort of story arc after the Phyrexian saga has completed. So there's there's one more universes beyond, which isn't in this document, but they are. And the next tentpole one is going to be Final Fantasy. And so Final Fantasy will be the same as... And I think this might even be 2025. Okay. Uh, Early 2025. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. I think this will be... The, it's the same as the Lord of the Rings. So it will be yep. a full-on set, like um, in, in replace of the um, modern Horizons sort of slot. So yep. what do they call that? The summer set, I think in 25 yep. is when that one will be. I haven't played a single final game. So, me neither. Um, it'd be an introduction to the to the universe for me, I guess. So, yeah. I just know there's a dude called Cloud who has the Buster Sword, which is like the most- The sword that's ins- twice as big as him, right? Is that yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the imagery that's I'm exactly thinking of? Yeah, okay. yeah. So, yeah. they've all got that's- like massive oversight weaponry. Anyway, so that's uh, that's what we've got sort of- Reprint Colossus Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Dry- <laughs> Reprint Embercleave. Speaking of Embercleave, yeah. he'll yeah. drain. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So- Coming out in a couple of weeks. Yeah. We, we've got- a lot of cards already. 
Like they've kind so of just thrown a lot of cards uh, previewed. We've got some cards to that you know we've trolled through, trolled through, perused <laughs> the uh, the Scryfall page. So I know there's been some leaks. We're not going to talk about them. Honestly, not looked at leaks. I've only looked at the Same. official. I think. Yep. I hope. Um, and I. I'm excited about what I'm seeing. There's some really cool cards. There's some cool callbacks, extensions of the storyline, um, some other like fairy tale references that we didn't get in the first one that are, that are revisited. But before we get into that, mm. how does it work? Let's talk mechanics. Let's talk mechanics. So there's there's some new ones and there's some reoccurring ones, as we would expect. So I guess one thing to, to mention is that they've included a thing called enchanting tales which is 63 of they've called it fan favorite enchantments in storybook art frames and things so these will be in boosters i don't know which ones because there's 11 types of boosters um i imagine (laughs) i imagine it'll be like set and collectors i don't think they'll be in draft boosters but hey i could be wrong they've got a different um symbol set symbol and expansion code so the sets code is w-o-e right wilds of eldraine these are called w-o-t so the tales i guess it means uh they're not standard legal uh they're only legal in whatever set they are well format they're legal in so yeah so the example they give here is necropotence yeah yeah, which not necropotence will not be standard legal or because yeah like i mean shieldred and necropotence let's go yeah Let's, yeah, but you, let's not you do don't draw like cards though. Yeah, but it's a like it's a really strong black card. That's it's true. The, pro- arguably the you know if not the in the top three black cards ever. Um, sure. You know, like DT VT this dark ritual right mm-hmm. uh, off the top of my head. But yeah, we 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 don't want that in. No, no, the, Necropotence is not a fair card. No, no, no it is not. not at all. Great art, excellent. So, mechanics-wise, there's a new thing called Roll Tokens. So, there's six of these in the set. Uh, They're all going to come on different cards. So, they'll come on, you know, like creatures or, you know, a spell. And they're all auras. So, they're all enchant creatures. And it'll be a different role that is attached. So, there's Cursed, Monster, Royal, Sorcerer, Wicked, and Young Hero. They've all got a bunch of different... uh, like that's the kind of keyworded, but yep. the way that and then they... the commander uh, precons one, but we'll yeah, get to that. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's one called virtuous, but I mean, I don't think we'll chat about the commander stuff particularly. Um, so the way that they work is a creature can have more than one role, but only from multiple players. So you can have a creature that has uh, a monster role, right, from you. And then, so it would get plus one, plus one and trample. And then instead you could have it get the sorcerer roll, which gets plus one, plus one. And whenever this creature attacks, scry one. But if you do that, the monster roll will fall off. But if someone has enchanted it with one of the other ones, like wicked, it can be a wicked sorcerer or a wicked monster or something like that. So if you've got a, you know, uh, whatever, um, gingerbread thing mm-hmm. uh with monster it gets plus one plus one has trample mm-hmm. and but then if i go mm, i'm gonna curse that and uh, has base power one one mm-hmm. so if your thing was a two two with plus one plus one becomes a three three 
I'm going to then make it a 1-1, one, one, but your monster one will stay on in a bit. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So- Different way to uh, do like uh, creature uh, auras, uh, creature enchantment type. Exploring the desert space. Yeah. Yeah, yep, it's interesting. Don't hate it. So yep. uh, Cursed, as you said, uh, becomes a base power and toughness 1-1. One, one. Monster gets plus 1, plus 1 and trample. Royal gets plus 1, plus 1 and ward 1. Sorcerer gets plus one plus one, and whenever this creature attacks, scry one. Wicked is plus one plus one. Notice the theme here. Uh, and <laughs> when this aura <laughs> yep. is put into the graveyard from the battlefield, each opponent loses one life. Uh, and then young hero is slightly different, but it's whenever this creature attacks, if its toughness is three or less, put a plus one plus one counter on it. Okay, a bit like a training. The, the other one. The, one of those many. The same thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. there's a whole stack. So that's the, the first one. And then they've got um, token cards because they're not going to be physical auras like Daybreak Coronet or Rancor or I'm trying to think of whatever a newer one is. But, you know, like the classic sort of thing where it's an actual card in your hands that you cast and put underneath. So there'll be a token enchantment that comes in as part of something else. Okay. Pretty straightforward. But they will go to the graveyard and things, right? Because- they're still tokens. They still go to the graveyard before they vanish. Okay. So if you've got synergies, triggers, that helps. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, the, yes. So the, the wicked one specifically, it says when this aura is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, yep. each opponent loses. So so I imagine you'll get, and they've got an example here of like a, looks like a card that's got, you know, it looks a bit like the the flip cards from mm-hmm. the real Kamigawa, uh, but it is yeah sorcerer and monster on it. So you'd be able to like tuck that under your, Exactly. Under your card, like you would an aura, so you would have, you know, monster above your. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was easy, fairly easy to track on the table, and I imagine the the arena client actually treat it like it's a card. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Okay. I like it. And these will come in boosters, so you've got your yeah, you know, they're, they're just your they're, pre-release and such. exactly. Yeah. They'll be the replacement yep. for you know, like a rules card or whatever other things they randomly put in. Yep. Okay. So the next one is called bargain, and bargain is cool. So it's kicker. Because everything, everything is kicker. kicker. Um, yep. But it says bargain. You may sacrifice an artifact, enchantment, or token as you cast this spell. So the example here is Troublemaker Oof. It's a one and a green for a two-two, right? It has mm-hmm. bargain. So when it ETBs, if it was bargained, exile target artifact or enchantment an opponent controls. So it can be Seems a vanilla good in two go wide strategies. Yeah, it's just a common. Uh, yep. Uh, yes, correct. So I mean, obviously, we're back in our drain. There's lots of food. Um, yeah. There's lots of things making treasures this time as well, from what I've seen. And yep. then there are going to be a whole stack of token makers and the like too. So, yep. so you have w- incidental things like you're going to have a 1-1 one, one lying around that's outclassed by your orb. Yeah, or just, know, just turn f- it into a disenchant. Yeah, yep. a food that you want to do something with. So, yep. uh, And then there's examples. So it's not just creatures, it's also instants uh, and sorceries. There's, there's kind of a whole bunch of stuff. So um, there's- Great. T- um, sorry, I just read Heavy is the head that wears the base. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I like so the it. Next Sorry. Is, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> the next one's Torch the Tower, which is uh, red for an instant. Hello, Shorty. Uh, mm-hmm. It says Torch the Tower deals two damage to target creature or planeswalker. If this spell was bargained, instead it deals three damage to that permanent and you scry one. And additionally, if a permanent dealt damage by Torch Tower would die this turn, exile it instead. So, so that the, second the bargain paragraph, is, uh, that second paragraph happens whether you've bargained or not. Correct. Yep. Yeah, yep. exactly. So it's two mana. Sorry, it's one mana deal two exile, or it's 
one mana sacrifice something, enchantment token or artifact, and then mm-hmm. it's lightning bolt, scry one, exile. But it is only creature or planeswalker, so you can't target, you can't go face. Still very good, it very cheap. Very good. Removal. I'm trying to think yes. what was the there was a yeah, there was a red instant that dealt two and exiled from a few sets ago that saw a lot yeah, of play. Yeah, flame something. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's a pretty good guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a red burn spell. I can picture Full the light. I can picture the art. I can't remember the name. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yes. Uh, all right. Yep. So the next one is Celebration. So Celebration is when two non-land permanents have entered the battlefield this turn, something will happen. So the example here is Ash, the Party Crasher. She is red and a white for a 2-2. A legendary creature, human peasant. Chewy, I don't know if you've uh, worked out who this one is. It's um, C- Cinderella, looks like. Oh. Crashing the party. Uh, and so okay. she has oh, haste. Ash. Oh, Cinder- oh, I get that. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, yep. so she has celebration. So whenever Ash Party Crasher attacks, if two or more non-land permanents enter the battlefield under your control this turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on Ash. Okay. So they don't have to be from the same effect. So that could be a token maker and a creature or, you know, a creature, uh, you know, think of like the goose, which... Yeah, or prosperous innkeeper type effects where this thing comes in, you get a food or you get a treasure or you get a 1-1. We see that all the time. You know, here's a a 4-mana 2-2 comes into play, make Mm them. So those sorts of effects we see all the time. Okay, I like it. Yeah. So that that will be the keyword here. So it's uh, two or more non-land permanents into the battlefield under your control this turn. So Ash is obviously very specifically saying when it attacks, then celebration triggers. So it's got to be in your pre-combat main phase effectively. But there, yeah. I imagine there'll be other things that just have it as like a triggered ability or during your end step yeah, or something like when that. When you get so, this, you gain a correct. life. Or when you so, get this... Whatever. Yeah, yep. lots of different ways and timings that you can kind of play with that, which would be fun to work out. Okay. Adventures are back. Sorry, did you yeah. have something else about Sorry, Celebration? Sorry, just before we move on from yes. Celebration, I'm worried that this is going to be yet another red-white aggressive draft format. Uh, that's that's my first gut impression, maybe because we've seen a lot of red-white draft archetype things that haven't been in the past. Hmm. I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping it's good. I hope we don't end up in the same boat again. But anyway, adventures. Adventures. They're back. They work cool. exactly the same Wouldn't as they did last time. Wouldn't be without them, honestly. No. Yeah. It's yeah. it's great. Like, we, I think we have a much better idea of how to evaluate these things now. Uh, the answer is yeah. they're all pretty good. <laughs> I remember, <laughs> we I remember no discussing idea. on the cast, and I'm like, I think Bone Crusher Giant's all right, guys. You know, yeah, it's not as efficient, but it is two cards in one, so uh-huh. it's kind of like a modal uh-huh. card, but you get both modes. And we, we weren't sure, right? But it turns out Bonecrush Giant's legit. Oh, man. And the, has been for a long time, right? The one for me was Brazen Borrower. And I was like, why is this card a mythic? It's a Vapor Snag and a 3-1 Flash. They're both... Yeah. Re- <laughs> it's a Vapor Snag I, I have, and a 3-1 Flash. I have played yeah. so much of that card. Anyway, the uh, Brazy V is not back. Bonecrusher is not back so far as I've seen. But uh, there's a whole bunch. So we, we've got a bunch of cards we actually want to talk about. Uh, and there are definitely some adventures in there, so I don't think I need to explain those particularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we, know, we know how they work. You, you cast them, they go to exile, then you cast the creature side. Okay, so cards. Chewy, you've got a few down. I've got a few down as well. 
So we, we kind of like yeah, to do this. We I'll- don't always think, just let's preface this. We're not saying that these are the best cards in the set. These are just things that as we're scrolling around, like maybe the arts captured our eye or like the flavor of it seems really cool. We think there's a powerful spot there somewhere. We have no idea if these cards are good or not, right? But No, these are cards that are interesting yeah. at, at very least or are cards that are, you know, they may be good in Commander or they may be good in Draft. That's always a lens mm-hmm. that I evaluate new sets for because I love me some. Or you may look at it and go, "This card's." I think this card's bonkers. We're not saying each of these cards fits into one or more or any of, of the categories of, you know, best cards going. No. But... These are cards that we want to talk about, and we have a podcast talking about magic cards, so we're yeah, allowed to do so that. So we get to do that, and you get to listen. Lucky everybody. Exactly. So Crater Hoof Behemoth is a good magic card, right? <laughs> it's, it's real good. Yeah. It's a legacy staple. Every green deck and commander plays it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fun to play in cube. All the rest of it. it it's, a, it's a finisher. It's the like, best green finisher. Yeah, with a capital finish, mm-hmm. uh, right? So- now there's a white one. Mm. So Moonshaker Cavalry is uh, five and three white, so eight mana for a yep. six-six flyer. She's expensive, mm-hmm. but when Moon- Moonshaker Cavalry enters the battlefield, creatures you control gain flying and get plus plus, plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is a number of creatures. You- so instead of Trample and Haste, mm-hmm. uh, they get flying. Uh, so probably not as good. And a white isn't as you know good at ramping and cheating things into play mm-hmm. as green is, uh, but you know this is this is definitely uh, the crater hoof behemoth at home a little bit, uh, but it's really powerful and this will be legal in formats that crater hoof isn't uh, and may find a home in potentially pioneer or explorer or maybe even standard i'm not sure uh, i'll absolutely play this in sealed mm, yeah, uh, for sure. but yeah it, it's cool like it it's it's a white crater hoof like it's worth talking about in a sense so uh, it's not as good as crater hoof the, the biggest downside with this is just that it's so much harder to get to eight mana in white than it is in green yes that, yeah, like that that is just like the, the and easiest point to well n- no, but Hoof only gave itself haste. Yeah. So, but it, this doesn't have haste at all, but it's still a 6-6 six, no. six flyer. But the fact that you can just jump your team and everything gets plus... It, look, it, if, it'll if, end games. If you yeah. get everything plus 4, plus 4, an attack with 4-4 four, yeah, four, four you, flyers, you you're probably yeah. going to win. Um, yeah. So then it's just like, okay, how do I... I mean, obviously, I go this direction, but how do I reanimate this thing? <laughs> because like... Yeah. <clears throat> You, there's a lot of ways to go really wide in mono white. That's one of the things that it does exceptionally well. And so if you, you have a token strategy that you can do, you know. Uh, What's the, the white black invoke. white return a creature that uh, Grease Fang plays? Uh, it's like Mana Valley 3 or less. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, it can't yep, stay okay. away. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that doesn't work. Yep. Okay. No, but there's the, the white invoke rebuys things, doesn't it? Yes. So that yep, costs, costs five, yep. five, which is a lot less than but eight. But you can spend the first four turns making tokens. Correct. Right, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, working and out is, somewhere to get this saga, in the graveyard. There's a three blind mice target saga that uh, is not on my list, but it makes like four tokens and mm-hmm. then make for three white mana. Yeah. The, it's like make three tokens, make another one. And, um, so, you know, Moonshaker Cavalry does what white want though. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's a big payoff. Yep. For sure. Yeah. 
Uh, what about you, mate? What have you What have you found here? So, that you- the first one here is called Beseech the Mirror. So this is three black, black, black for a sorcery. Okay. Uh, and it has bargain. We're talking about bargain. Uh, so this is search your card, search your library for a card, exile it face down, then shuffle. If the spell was bargained, you may cast the exile card without paying its mana cost. If the spell's mana value is four or less, put the exile card into your hand if it wasn't cast this way. So it is four mana for a demonic tutor at the outset, right? So we've we've seen um, demonic. Oh, what's not demonic tutor? Not demonic consultation. There's another one that's a five mana diabolic tutor. That's the one. I'm yeah, diabolic tutor is two black black, right? I thought it was three black black. No, 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 it's a mana. Okay, so so same yep. thing, and it puts yep. it into your hand. But this yep. has the upside of you can just tutor for a four mana card, and if I'm you cast damnation, I mean, if you sacrifice something, <laughs> you can just yeah, just cast it for free. So four mana to find the best four mana spell in my deck and cast it. Yeah. That's um, just eight copies of your best card. Exactly. Like you've now got eight shieldreds, right? (laughs) Or something like that. You know, it's uh, so yeah. We think about the context of the mono black deck or the red black decks um, that are, you know, getting around at the moment. Uh, You know, there's, there's shieldred that you can get, um, you know, a, a removal spell, you can get a graveyard trespasser to eat. Um, you know, when and you pay four mana for a graveyard trespasser when you need one, that's fine. Um, uh, but you know, if you you know jump onto Scryfall and look at uh standard cards sort by CMC, mm-hmm. like there's there's some bangers in there, like mm-hmm. there's some cards absolutely worth for yeah. sure. I also see this potentially going into like a um, like a blue black control shell or something like that. Esper control, mm. maybe. Obviously, you you have to be base black. The mana cost is prohibitive to do otherwise. Black, black, yeah. black is is a lot. But- I love me a tap out control board. Control. Yeah, you know the solar flare from back in the day. Love that stuff. Light counter sweet. You know, just to you know, keep people honest. But if, but, if you're in Demir, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it. it means that you can also play. You don't have to play four copies of the card you want, but you can play more of like a bullet kind of scenario. So yeah. I, I have a sweeper. I need to cast the sweeper or. I need yep. to find a threat or I need to find a piece of graveyard interaction or whatever it is. Like it just lets you kind of do the thing or yep. you just go, I'm completely under control here. I'm going to, you know, pay for mana and just go find my finisher. It costs eight or whatever it is, you know, like whatever the big finisher but is but for I'm the deck. And you just put it, it in your hand yep. and you play yep. it next turn. So um, very versatile. I-, I like it. And obvious commander applications as well. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Uh, got? I got an elf. Mm. Elvish Archivist, Archivist. Uh, so it's a elf artificer, uh, one and a green for a zero one, and it says whenever one of more artifacts enter the battlefield under, under your control, put two plus one plus one counters on Elvish Archi- Archivist. Uh, this ability. Mm-hmm. Then it's got whenever one or more enchantments enter your control, draw a card. This ability. So. Uh, it's like a fixed enchantress in a way, but it does artifacts and enchantments. Mm. So, uh, and once each turn. So, you know, that's it, it's fixed, but this is just constant source of card advantage. Perhaps a bit of a lightning rod, but, you know, you play this, resolves, then like play something else, replaces itself. You know, if your opponent 
you know, kills it the next turn, you're still ahead. If it goes unchecked for a couple of turns, you get a few cards out of it, you're going to run away. It's 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 pretty cool. Uh, if this is a, a draft uh, archetype, then I, you know, if that's a, a, looks like it will be a supported archetype in this, uh, in this set, then I am absolutely all for it because it's a, it's a fun one. Like I, I, I enjoy enchantress things. I enjoy artifact things. So having a, uh, having a thing that kind of does both, uh, I'm all about it. It seems so, to get big, yeah. man, really quickly. Yeah, it can grow really big and draw a bunch Two, of cards. Two, three, right? four, five, like just yep. with incidental food tokens. There's just going to be a lot of stuff yep. that's kind of Yeah, so like constructive playability, maybe. But yeah, the the thing with it is, yeah, like like we talked about right off the top, things make food, things make treasures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's there may be some random enchantments and things running around. There's, you know, the, the roles are enchantments. Mm-hmm. So... This thing's going to, yeah, go gone unchecked. It's going to be very, very big, and you know, get you ahead on cards. So I like it. It's a cool card. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be good, uh, but I would like it to be. So, yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, what's next I've, on your list? I got a pair of dragons I want to talk about. Dragons. Dragons. So this first one is called Realm Scorcher Hellkite. It is four red red for a four six. It's a dragon uh, with flying and haste, and it has bargain as well. So, uh, when it ETBs, uh, if it was bargained, add four mana in any combination of colors, which is okay. real good. And then it also has an activated ability of one and a red. Realm Scorcher Hellkite deals one damage to any target. So, fail case is so you six mana, play four, six, six mana dragons haste. and yeah, and you you or oh, and you you shoot something down right as well. Like you do an. You extra- have to have bargained with it to get the. Yeah, Extra but you mana. sacrifice a treasure, whatever. Sure. Um, but then you get your four mana and you go, I'll just make it red and I'll, you know, kill your 2-2. Two, two. Yep. Or, or do an extra two to your face and, mm-hmm. you know, you attack for six that turn or uh, you get to then double spell, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, your celebration cards trigger because you've got two things, right? It's, it's all very good. Or you go, I'm going to play this dragon and four drop, right? I'm going to play this dragon and beseech the mirror, to go and get my thing, <laughs> you know, like you know, like yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's cool. Like so, at, if Omnath has taught us anything, adding four mana for not that much effort is a powerful effect. Is it? I would never yeah. have guessed. Mm, so, mm. so maybe I should have started with the next dragon first because this one costs four mana. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Synergy. This one's called Decadent Dragon, uh, and this one is actually an adventure as well. So. The Decadent Dragon side is uh, two red red for a 4-4 with Flying and Trample. And whenever it attacks, create a treasure token. Have you met my friend Goldspan? So obviously not as good as Goldspan. The fact that it doesn't have haste and doesn't double your treasures, but still excellent stats. Four mana, four, four dragons, really, really good. Yep. And then the other side of it, the adventure side is called Expensive Taste. And it is two and a black for an instant. It says exile the top two cards of a target opponent's library face down. You may look at and play those cards for as long as they remain exiled. Okay, so you don't get the cast some mana of any color clause, but you get treasures no. from the other side of Correct. the decadent dragon. Oh my goodness, like mono red or sorry, red black mirror type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 
not bad. Not bad at all. Seems good. Cool card. And yeah, and I mean, if you cast it for free of your... Yeah, exactly. So you cast yeah, a Realm right, Scorcher, but- Sack a Treasure, Beseech... Get a Deacon and Drag and cast a Deacon and Drag. That's a, that is that is in fact uh for fourteen manners worth of stuff for four. Uh that is um living dream. Yeah, it's called Magical yes. Christmas yeah. Land, but someone yeah. will do it to me in our league, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'll I won't even that be at mad. Pre release. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. So- I don't know, that that would be that would be some nutty packs because that's uh two mythics and a rare, but you know. Um, well, you would you would ask if the uh, the opponent was using some sort of a sleight of hand Ooh. to uh, hey. you know, print deck. So, reprint. which is a, a reprint yeah. in in Eldraine that is is cool because uh, I've cast a bunch of this mm-hmm. spell over the journey, and it's a fun card. So, if you haven't uh, played Magic before, you know, two thousand and eight. Sleight of hand is a single blue for a sword. It says, look at the top two cards of your library, put one of them into your hand and the other one on the B. Mm. So pre, uh, you know, ponder and preordain type things, this this was up there with the, the best of the, the bull. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's, it's still good, right? Like this is a, you know. It's like opt except not yeah, instant. Like, yeah, not instant and, and things, but it, it's just a good... Uh, it's a good cantrip, you know, and cantrips are good in magic and uh, you should play them and I I like it. It's a good reprint. I'm happy to see it. The art's kind of quirky and I don't know if it's going to have a place in standard, uh, but I'll this will be my 23rd card in very often. Mm-hmm. So, I'll definitely yeah. cast this card more than I should. I, you will, I, yes. I, I think it's horrible to say, but I think cantrips are not as just in general. Uh, well, everything's <clears throat> a cantrip now, right? Yeah, so, like, creatures are cantrips. Take things, turns yeah. off to, to not affect the board. Just sad. So, cantrips are good on turn one to smooth your draws, make sure you get your third leg like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're good on turns to five uh, because playeth or kill something and set up your neck. Hmm. But their role has changed. And I think that that role is weaker than their normal role where you just kept going the gas that you'll. It's more about smoothing out your setup because we're playing a higher land count than we've ever played before. It's because they're all spells uh, so, too. And, but yeah, for the half of the time. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that's actually a really valid point. Like it, when we've got so many lands that do, they're not. Uh, I don't have it on my list, but there is a creature land. Oh, there's, yeah, there's uh, a few. Yeah. So I imagine there's a cycle. Yeah. Of, the restless um, cycle, it looks like. Yeah. So there's like restless yeah. cottage, restless fortress. Um, yeah. So yeah, and, and those things don't all have to be Mutavolt or Treetop Village to be playable. You know, they can be a solid dual land uh, that that plays a role. And mm-hmm. you know, we saw with the um, the Den of the Bugbear, either Hive Tyrant things. When we first looked at those, we we're like, oh, it comes in tapped half the time, and you know, but absolutely playable and and good uh, and. I remember when Raging Ravage, like Red Green's supposed to be aggressive, but man, I lost to that card a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, they, it, you know, if the format's right for them, they can be really, really powerful. And a dual land that comes into play tap that can also be a thing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So running out of time. So we've got a couple more that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, so- yeah. Run through your two and then I'll just have uh, one more to finish. So there's Scolding Viper. 
which is another adventure card. So it is. Oh, you got a blue red card. Uh, in there, I got it. Of course, mate. I found one. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah. So the. <laughs> Okay, Scolding Viper is what it's called, and uh, the the adventure side is called Steam Clean. Okay, which I think is pretty funny. Yes, it's uh, it's got steam off the Viper. Anyway, uh, yeah. it's one and a blue for a bounce spell. Return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand, uh, and then the creature side is a elemental snake, and it says. Whenever an opponent casts a spell with mana value three or less, Scolding Viper deals one damage to that player. So it's like a mini um, Eidolon. Yeah, a little gutter snipe thing. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, Eidolon. Mini, mini Eidolon that is also a vape snack, right? So. Yeah. Yep. Seems good. Seems like in like, regard I'll cast too much in the hopes that it will do a lot more than it will. It's. If Steam Clean was an instant, instant I'd be mm-hmm. really excited. Well, Same. more excited about this card, but uh, cool card. Very cool card. Great art. Very cool art. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got you got another one here that's super cool. Yeah, this and one's- And it's a bit of a callback. Yeah, this one's great. This one's called Sir Ginger, the Meal Ender. So if you- <laughs> What a name. It's fantastic. So if you watch the trailer for the original uh, Throne of El Train, you will very much remember the wonderful little gingerbread lady and man that were frolicking around on the table until Garrick came along and ate them. Yeah. Well- she sought revenge with her fork of doom. <laughs> She's back. Yep. She's back. She's riding a gingerbread horse, and she is a legendary artifact creature, Food Knight, Love which it. is fantastic. So it's two mana, colorless, for a 3-1. And it's Sir Ginger. The meal ender has trample, hexproof, and haste as long as an opponent controls a planeswalker. So she's, she is out for She Garrick. doesn't like Garrick. She oh, yeah. Uh, it's got a whole bunch more text. So whenever another artifact you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on Sir Ginger and scry one. And it also has an activated ability of two tap, sacrifice Sir Ginger, you gain life equal to its power. So this thing feeds off food tokens. I feel terrible for saying it that way she gets bigger from food tokens right like i think yeah. that's that's kind of the whole shtick um yeah so she's cool looks very she's, cool she's very very cool and yeah a great call back to that that trailer mm-hmm. um super fun i think I, people I, were I, upset that she wasn't actually in the set there was like ginger brute yeah which was the, yeah. the closest thing to it but no uh, i think yeah. people were hoping that maybe she'd make yeah appearance. so they you know, they, they've they rectified that, which is good. Mm. Yeah. All right. So the card that I have held off until the end is just that, just the end. It seems like a, a good one to finish the cast on. And just just a Doomblade, really? Sort of? No. Okay, the end. Two black, black, instant. This spell costs two less to cast if your life total is five or less. Exile target creature or planeswalker. Okay, I'm in. Search its controller's graveyard, hand, and library for any number of cards with the same name as a permanent and as that permanent alum. That player shuffles their library, then draws a card for each card in their hand this way. So Vraska's Contempt got played in standard. Mm-hmm. Two black black instant kill a thing, exchange some life. Right? You gain some life. Mm-hmm. Where this kill your thing, you don't get any more, right? And the chances of you having, you know, a second copy in hand are not zero, but not guaranteed. You know, they, they're they not going to draw a card 
more often than they're gonna draw a card and yeah like if it's just like i am gonna kill you in kitchen i'm gonna kill that problematic creature i'm gonna you know this this card's good and sure sometimes you get it for black black but whatever but you know at two black black instant playable removal spell in uh standard Mm -hmm. that has huge upside i can't believe they bolted surgical extraction onto a removal spell yeah Power creep, right? It's insane. Uh, also, it, it's Fateful Hour, Chewy. They've yeah, brought back the Fateful Hour mechanic, right? That was if you yep. had five or less life, you got the extra thing. Yeah, Got yep, soldier absolutely. tokens or gained more yep. life, whatever. Anyway. And you can metagame against your friends with their relentless wreck and laugh at them. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nice Shadowborn Apostle you've got there. Shame if something yeah, happened exactly to exactly right. Exactly. <laughs> Just do that wow. once, have a laugh, take it out of your deck. That's fine. But yeah, uh, I, I think this, like, you know, our little um, disclaimer at the start, we, we you know, busted or, or anything, yeah, but yeah. I, I legitimately think this card is good and we'll see play, especially given how strong black is in standard at the moment. Like it's a, it seem, seems like a bit of a no brainer to, yeah. uh, to play this one. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, yeah. Exile is such a big game as well. Like that's. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely nuts. So I feel bad because there's one more card that I saw that I wanted to talk about, which I didn't have on my list. Okay, we've got an Encore. Okay. Yeah, we've got got an Encore. It is the Goose Mother. Oh, honk. Okay. Honk, indeed. So Goose Mother is X green blue for a legendary creature, Bird Hydra. It's a 2-2 and it has flying and the Goose Mother enters the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. When the Goose Mother enters the battlefield, create half X food tokens rounded up. Whenever Goose Mother attacks, you may sacrifice a food if you do draw a card. This smacks very much of a fixed hydroid crisis. Yes, it does. And it's a goose. Hilarious. The art is phenomenal, and I would highly recommend you check it out. Um, It's been a minute since we've seen Simic Big stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, Polywaffle's excited. Mm-hmm. In general, mm-hmm. uh, about Simic big stuff. Uh, this is this is a polywaffle kind of card. Actually, he's got a Hydra commander deck that'll go. This will slot right into probably just for density. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is good. It, 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 I mean, green, blue, X for a large flyer. Yeah. So I guess the uh, like the it, base of it is like three mana three three flying make a food because yeah. it's. X rounded up. So half yeah. of one is half rounded up is one still. Um, so, you yep. know, you get that. And then, yeah, when it when it attacks, you sacrifice a food, you do draw. Which is great. Yeah. Seems This is, good. Uh, seems like a, a fun card. It'll probably see. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So, look, I mean, it, we have been going on for a bit. Um, so there's, like we said, there's a lot to get across. There are heaps and heaps of cards. So, yeah, jump um, on, have a look. We'll probably talk about some in the next cast as well because it'll be just before release. Speaking probably. of just before releases and El Drone coming out, we are yes. going to run our next league. So, yeah, it's going to happen. It is definitely going to happen. It will be shortly after the release of El Drain. That's when we tend to do them. So, usually a week or two after. This year has been challenging for us to line up leagues with when sets have fallen because of the um insane ring set cycle. and and all that yeah. sort of stuff it's been a very skewed um cycle so apologize for it not have been as clear as we like to do these things we're still trying to work we out 
we haven't had the release dates locked in as early as we've had yeah, in previous in past years, years and things exactly. like that. So that's yeah. right. Um, so we we're still working out exactly what format we're going to play. It'll either be standard or explorer, I guess. Is I've got a poll up in exactly. the uh, in the yeah the on the Discord. I can't remember which in channel the, it's I think, in. I think you might have put it in the a tournament channel. Tournament yep. series channel. So yeah. So we've got a you know a bunch of people that are kind of voting either way mm-hmm. uh, and. Yeah, sure. You'll ping it again to sort of bring it up for people to check out in the Discord. But if we we do want to know if people are interested, obviously, you know, standard is not everyone's favourite at the moment for the most part. So, but not lots of not everyone loves Explorer either. And you know, we run these things for you guys. They they're not just for us to play, and we're not doing them because it's just the thing that we like to do. So, give us the feedback. Let us know what you want to play so that we can set it up and we can have a lot of fun. And yeah. It'll be the last uh, league we have for this year. We'll probably do another one day event or two will be the plan uh, before leading into the Envy at the end, which will be a which lot of fun. Which is super exciting. Yeah, yeah, really great. I'm pretty sure we're going to do the same format where we have uh, two groups and then it's, you know, uh, you, you can play as many as you want. So it'll be a round robin kind of event again. So d- details to be confirmed, but um, we will definitely post those um, pieces of information as soon as we've kind of finalized them and we'll definitely have them ready for the next cast and we'll start talking about them then as well so absolutely so if you've never played in any of our leagues before free to enter mm-hmm. sponsored by the fine folk josh and pat's empty and they're usually around 500 worth of cash and some uh, yeah. on stream normally what we do is play some play some league games every every match that you play in that given week is a an entry we do that sort of thing. I'm not sure exactly what we're going to do for this league, mm-hmm. but that's the sort of thing we've done in the past. So awesome value. Just come free to play, get stuff. Awesome community. Super fun. Get in on it. Love it. So yeah, uh, I think that probably is everything we need to chat about this week. So yeah, Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. We'll always talk about them. Go check them out. If you want to find links to anything, the best place is just the website, uh, magicbeanscast.com. We have YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, I've been streaming a bunch of Commander pretty much every mm. Tuesday night at the moment. I've been on playing all sorts of different types of Commander decks. Brewing decks, yep. CEDH. Yep. Yeah, it's been been good. It's been a lot of fun. So, yeah, come come hang out with us on a Tuesday night. Once Shorty's back, I'm sure he'll want to get back into his Monday night streams. So, we might. I think we'll have him back for the next cast in a fortnight. Act. Potentially, yeah. Which, which Whether he's be... you know going to be on or not, we'll see. Yeah, he should be back in the state at least, I think. Yeah. So that'd be good. But um, otherwise, yeah, if you want to support us directly, you can do that through our merch store. The We have a Redbubble. You can buy, you know, all the things you can possibly put merch on, hats, caps, T-shirts, playmats, all that fun stuff. And anything that we do get as proceeds from those, just go straight back into the league, straight back into the Envy. We're not getting rich off any of this stuff. We just love that you guys are, you know, interested and happy to support us and, and we just want to, you know, throw more magic cards at you because <laughs> then you get to play them and that's good for everybody. So yeah, please go check all that out. Um, the best place to hang out, as we say every time, Discord, that's where everything is run from. That's where everyone kind of is. There's a you know channel for everything you can think of. So come hang out there. If you wanted to chat to me directly on Twitter uh, or X, still it's still Twitter. It's Twitter. Uh, yeah, you can get me at Joel Hill underscore and Chewy yours is at Chewy MTG. Fantastic. Have a great week, everyone. 
tell us what cards you're looking forward to playing in in Wilds of Eldraine because we are excited when you're excited. So tell us what's, what you think looks cool and why and uh, we will talk to you in a couple of weeks.